0: I decided to clone myself, 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 to form new friends, shit, 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 shit,
1: The video is incredibly mediocre. It's Mm -hmm. fine. I showed this to Mr. Beast. You know, I'm like, what do you think? And he goes, yeah, pretty cool. This kind of just was a paint by numbers piece of content. What I would describe as a nothing burger.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Did I sound a bit harsh there? It's okay, I meant to. Because this guy isn't the same guy in this video. That is his AI clone. This video.
2: I'm really curious, Jordy, about the motives for why you decided to create this. Take over the world. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Yordi, aka Kwebbelkop, is a YouTuber that's been developing a robust AI platform to automate content creation that could replace editors and creators
1: altogether. And he's getting some strong reactions from it it feels like you want to be a creator but you're doing it by not being a creator
0: I had a burnout a few years back it mainly was because like I had to be in every single video
1: how much of it is the technology that you have created rather than actually just running it through all this AI technology that already exists do you think that's wrong? well I think the shots are incredibly basic
0: props to you you should become a machine learning AI engineer a lot of people think criticism no this is what we want if we didn't want people to share their thoughts and opinions we would have never
1: made it public. Shit, maybe we should stop giving you ideas. No, no, (laughs) please, please, please. The Editing Podcast is brought to you by Riverside. It is the best remote video recording tool for podcasts. You can find out more about them later. You know that I have a little bit of a push-pull opinion on AI. I'm interested in some parts of technology. Other parts of technology, I'm like, I don't quite understand this. With this conversation, I kind of want to see your perspective. I want to find out how I can understand this in the way that you see AI against the way that I am seeing AI. Yeah. For you, though, like in the past couple of years, what has been the advancements in AI and how are are you utilizing it now? Advancements in
0: AI, there's too many. Too many to talk about. Uh, But one breakthrough, one was, uh, uh, you know, the big advancements in large language models, chat GPT and everything that came out of it. Uh, You know, you put something in and outcomes text right predictions that was that was a huge one and then that's like a part of a bigger sub niche in ai called generative ai and generative ai isn't just limited to text it's slowly dabbling into all the other modalities for example audio photos and then 24 images we got video and soon we'll also have 3d and and thus VR and pretty much everything on the spectrum until you have all these modalities. And those breakthroughs have made it extremely exciting because they open up all these super interesting possibilities.
1: And there's things that we've already been experimenting ourselves as well. I think I've been using things like Mid Journey. I think we all dabbled with Dali as well. I think Dali 3 just, just came out and that looks fascinating. Phenomenal. Yeah, I've been using ChatGPT a lot of assisting me in a lot of my workflows as well. But the the, the generative part is the part that's interesting. It's helping me kind of uh, speed up some of my workflows. It is, hey, I probably do need this image cleaned up. I want to put a lighthouse on that mountain. I'll put it onto generative AI. That's like, instead of a day's worth of work or two days, I did that in five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I like those types of workflows. But I think for you, you seem to be wanting to step it a little bit further. Of course.
0: I, I want to push, push it.
1: Push the boundaries and see like, okay, well,
0: how far can we push it and 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 how fast can we push it right so for example let's take let's take that workflow of yours and uh, you know these repetitive tasks cuz you're not going to tell me that you love like manually <laughs> adding it in there it really solves a big pain point right but there's still some friction there imagine we remove even more of the friction so let's say you go into After Effects and you do that in After Effects. There's no need for Photoshop anymore, right? So, so now the, uh, the time in which you can do it is even less, okay? You've also still shot that drone shot or you got the B-roll from somewhere else. That also is friction. But to me, I'm like, no, you have this idea, you have this vision, just get this vision out there as quickly as possible. That's really what I'm, I'm targeting, where you have this idea and you have this image in your mind and you just want to get it out there no matter how, how, it doesn't matter, right? I think there's a, a big con- a misconception where people think I'm trying to automate the process fully, right? But I still wanna have uh, human creativity in there and enhance the human creativity, just like uh, you just mentioned there, where you, know, you now have time to do other things even better.
1: Even though AI technology is developing incredibly fast and some of the things are interesting, I think a lot of us are still coming out of the traumatic experiences that we had with the crypto NFT craze, mm. where there was huge promises. Like finances are gonna change entirely. Like uh, like banking is gonna collapse because we're all gonna adopt to crypto. There was huge, massive uh, over promising. And then I think a lot of us kind of felt the bullshit quite easily, even though we're being oversold and trying to be convinced that this is the next future. There is some inklings of that feeling in some of these AI promises. And so I think for you, like, how does the promise that you inve- envision AI, how realistic is that?
0: The biggest difference here is that uh, there's use cases already for all these AI applications. And there's measurable results and measurable outcomes uh, that are you know, present here that you can check and validate for yourself. Whereas with the NFT stuff, it's really selling this vision of the future. And everyone realized, oh, okay, we actually don't have any of the infrastructure for any of these things. Whereas with the AI stuff, it's like, all right, it can generate images and this is the future. And you're like, oh, really? And you're like, yeah, here's an image. Like, what do you want to see? Right? Like On the fly, on the spot, I can generate that drone shot for you right here and show you and then maybe you're like yeah but the quality is not good enough sure but that'll be a while those developments are 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 advancing very rapidly and there's plenty of alternatives so i think that's the the absolute biggest difference nft slash crypto
1: versus ai well you said show me Show us, show us the, the the tools that you've been developing. I think one of the first things that you have been showcasing, or is essentially replacing you as the performer with an AI performer. And so you start with it, you started sharing uh, clips like this. Did you know that the ancient pyramids in Egypt are so advanced that they have a built-in air conditioning system?
0: Inside the pyramids there are tunnels that lead to the outside, when the wind blows the tunnels channel the air into the pyramids creating a cooling effect. This is truly remarkable considering the pyramids were built over 4000
2: years ago.
1: I can still very much tell that that's like an AI performance and I think it's just our awareness as filmmakers, but talk us through how That literally came from nothing to that.
0: So, right, what we just watched was uh, something I shared in our private Discord. It's not like uh, it was a final product, but more of like, hey, anyone interested in this? You know, like we, we had our team work on it. And, and the idea is, uh, it's simple, is that, okay, you have this idea for a video and you type the text prompt. So you just type a, a description in words of what you want to see. And our AI systems on the back end, they go and cra- crazy and they go and generate this, right? So on the left, you see a, a virtual clone of me. And, and what we did was we provided a system with my data. You've provided audio.
1: And and then the lips will sync to the audio. What I'm worried about is that algorithm is also like AI interpretation. This content is now being AI. And it also has a very good data understanding of what is good content. I'm afraid of this risking of just like, it's just AI making content for AI. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of then becomes essentially like a snake eating its own tail. Nothing is then created anymore. Uh, essentially, it's just AI making content for itself. And then we are basically just the the pa- the passengers who are just passing through this like infinite content creation that it's making for itself.
0: Yeah, to serve you, right?
1: In theory. Again, I just don't feel anything in this content yet. And I, you, you're promising that this is going to be developing and improving. But every piece of AI content I've seen is like, I don't feel anything when I see this. It exists. I know it exists. And I also know that I think a good majority of web content that is made anyway already does that. Like it exists, but it's a nothing burger. It's like none of it actually needed to exist. It just existed because it's like, I want to get something from you. I want to get that view from you. I want that validation. But the content you made is inherently pointless. And all AI content I've seen so far hits that mark of... This doesn't need... To exist. So Riverside's been partnered with us for almost a year now and we wouldn't be able to create this without them. We use it to record every remote
2: interview for our show. It's an absolute necessity.
1: It's been one of our most reliable tools for our workflow. This is online software that records your screen, your camera and audio all separately and uploads it to the cloud. That means you can end up with multiple files that you can edit separately giving you full creative control in the edit.
2: It also doesn't give you bad recording quality Quality like other video call softwares do, it gives you 4K footage. It looks professional as frick. Also, if your connection drops during the interview, it doesn't matter because Riverside records locally, so no footage will ever get
1: lost. More than just recording, Riverside has amazing post-production tools as well to help you create your show as fast as possible. Riverside generates AI transcriptions, which you can use to then do text-based editing on your show. And if you want to introduce the guest, you can pop your script and a prompter and off you go.
2: And lastly, you can use magic clips. Basically, you can automatically create shorts from your long form show right in Riverside with the click of a button. You can do everything from pressing record to pressing publish right in
1: Riverside. You can sign up to Riverside for free and use the code editing podcast for 20% off the paid version. Back to the conversation. If we're talking about education, I don't need to
0: feel something i just want to learn something we've seen a lot of success with this type of content if you're doing like fun facts like uh, trivia stuff right because it's like super fun easy digestible and it's just this one thing that you get out of it our best channel AI generated 100%. uh, It's called Chasing the Past and it's a history channel. And it does a bit of, you know, mystery history. And we think it is so good at it because there is no footage of the Egyptians building pyramids. That doesn't exist, right? And we're grabbing history which is like history books uh, is like the best alternative or before you know you're talking about ancient, ancient aliens, right? That's the other alternative. And all of a sudden we can make history a lot more fun and we can make this education a lot more digestible uh, than the other alternative
1: what is the risk of uh, potentially ai s- erasing history i don't think we'll erase
0: history but the uh, <laughs> i hope i hope not at least i don't want to contribute to that the challenge that you're describing right now is 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 one that's absolute top priority for the big tech giants working on these systems right because what's happening is before this we didn't have a a world with generative AI and now all of a sudden everything is generated everything, by AI. Yeah. And it's like all right, how are we gonna now na- how are we now going to get training data? Because before we could scrape the internet without anyone knowing and then train these models on it. And then okay, now it's pure, right? But then all of a sudden everyone is making AI-generated content and you're like, well, let's do the same thing we did before. Oh, no, wait a second. All these hallucinations, it's now, it doesn't know what's what's right and what's wrong anymore. So uh, they're tackling this is, as far
2: as I know. The interesting thing about AI right now is it's all just vision-oriented. All it is is like, hey, can you imagine this in the future? It's like, can you picture it? And I think you being someone like, I need to see it. To believe it, it's just, it's like a different disconnect. Like, you want it to be proven. You're like, I want it to be in my hands. I want to see a video that, like, affects me. But I feel like there's also just this world where you're like, can you imagine, like, can you imagine the possibilities? And I really I really I identify with both of those. But I'm really curious, Geordi, about the motives for why you decided to create this. Mm-hmm. And maybe if there are any boundaries that you're setting in place, there's lots of like meetings and summits that world leaders have been having about AI and about the da- potential dangers of it. Yep. And so I'm wondering like what your thoughts are on that. So the motives take over the world, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, the, the motives is that, you know, I am I love telling stories, i have been doing this for years. Um, it, this is something that i'm deeply passionate about because i love innovation this really comes forth in in these type of conversations too that i'm a dreamer and i'm like oh imagine the future i'm super optimistic about everything in life and 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 you know i want to i want to i want to i want to build this future i want to work on it and i just really love uh telling stories and i feel like this is one bomb ass story <laughs> right yeah. the story of ai and storytelling and maybe maybe it doesn't go anywhere but then it was one really cool story right and maybe it does go somewhere and then it's also a really good origin story so so that's really how i look at it and in the meantime it's kind of telling its own story too because it is gener- like it is being generated and, and, and things like that. So that kind of shows that that's like where it really like originates from, like how, how how it's placed in my head and also to educate people. I think this is a really good one. I'm all about education. I think if we have phenomenal education all over the world, um, we would have a lot less problems, right? We would have less racism, we would have less poverty, we would have less diseases and Less of those means happier people, and that's at the end of the day. I like something that I want to be able to contribute to. We have our own uh, policy book that we agree, uh, like that we internally follow, and then we're actively engaging in conversations with as many of the the big players that uh, we can engage with, uh, from the platforms to. Uh, the hardware developers and, and other software developers. I think disclosing that something's AI generated is certainly something that uh, uh, would benefit the scene. Transparency. I uh, propose this to YouTube. Like, give me the option to say like this is made by AI. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's super cool to be able to share that with the world. We've actively decided like we're not going to try to fool anyone with our Qualcomm AI, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's why there was a reveal like, hey, this is AI. And we could have also just not said anything and, and developed it. Um, so, so I hope that shows like we actually we, we think the these rules and regulations are necessary that's one of them i think another one which is absolutely unacceptable is cloning someone's likeness without their permission you know these these can be used as deep like bad deep fake and not safe for work deep fakes they could be used to expose people or scam people that's one side of the equation but in general often you need someone's permission to go and film them and we have waivers we sign right like i'm voluntarily here i haven't signed anything but maybe there there will be afterwards right like i give you permission to use me on camera and to distribute this right and the same thing should happen with these ai systems But it brings up an interesting question. Private use, like personal use? What about personal use, right? Should that also be a a thing? Like, how are you going to police personal use and AI cloning? And what about news or what about education? Because we have fair use and and, and copyright law that we follow. Should we follow like similar stuff with generative AI and cloning of people? There's certainly extremely interesting discussions to uh, to engage in. Uh, I don't know. I can obviously advise people who who really are the decision makers here um but those are two of our our, our policies that we have internally and, and for all the tools that we're building where we're like okay that's that's mandatory like these we follow and uh, we need to set a good example another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member
1: FDIC.
2: So I think the biggest issue that a lot of us have when thinking about AI, and you brought this up, you said, you want to make people be able to be more creative and have more accessibility to be able to create whatever they mm-hmm. imagine in their head. Us as editors, we are, get very, very nitty gritty with every decision we make that goes into a film. Yeah, The biggest issue that we have is that there's lots of decisions that the AI make that we don't get to control at all. Yeah. So how can you marry those two ideas where you get ultimate creative control, but then also ultimate accessibility yeah so first of all props to you guys because
0: I'm talking to the top 1% right you guys are the best of the best in the world and that's why you're so dedicated to the craft we are certainly not immediately aiming for the professionals right we're aiming for you know I don't even know how to where to start editing allowing those people to tell stories uh, that are certainly not on par with what you're able to produce but way better than what they're capable of so I showed this to Mr. Beast you know I'm like what do you think And he goes, yeah, it's pretty cool. But what I would love to see is that you can interact with it so you can go back and forth. We're considering developing an interface where you can go, all right, well, the fourth clip right there. Can you just generate five more of those and I'll pick my favorite ones. Or I don't like the way that this camera was panning at the start tweak that right so we, we all of a sudden now rather than editing on the timeline you edit the video while watching it and you know how i, I use frame internally to pro- provide feedback to our our editing squad imagine you give that feedback to the ai automatically captures this feedback and gives you the feedback right away right I think that uh, uh, is a very, very interesting approach and I can definitely see this technology uh, going there over time. Uh, But first you wanna make sure that the quality is good uh, before we start talking about advanced user interfaces.
1: I do see that. I think in a sense that when I get feedback to editors, it is essentially the same thing. I'm prompting the people we're working with to, why don't you try this instead? Yeah, And then then you make the alternative and I go, okay, uh, that was better, let's try it like this. I prompt them and then they do it again. To an extent, this is the similar process. But then it takes a
0: day before they're back. You know, they got to render it out. And now all of a sudden it can be done in a minute. So at the rate at which you can start iterating is so much faster. You instantly get feedback yourself of this this change that you made. And if it's really good at listening to you and you get really good at prompting it, I look at that and I go, all right the stories that we're going to be telling with this type of technology are going to be so much better and more advanced than uh, what we can do right now.
1: That still seems like a very fun what if. That for me that still goes into the over promising camp. Mm -hmm. The reason why I don't quite believe that is that when I look at this video and look at that performance, the performance sucks. Mm -hmm. It's like you're going to get in some of the nuances, but it's very monotone. I don't feel the excitement in the presenter and telling me the history and how the pyramids are built. Whereas I think a lot of people tune in, in seeing how excited this person is. We talked with Dan Mace and he says, some of the best creators are ones that can convince us how amazing making tablecloths are. And, like, and they, they got so excited about the seams and this is how it's sewn and this is how to mm-hmm. fold it. And I get invested in their passion about it. I mean, this was like very mo- monotone. I just didn't feel why I should care about you telling me this. And this feedback's great too,
0: right? So, so now I'm going to be the AI and you you prompt me like, hey, you know, like it's monotone you got this and that. And I'm like, go back to the team. Sure, it's on the list already. We're aware of it. And then we go and tackle it. And then in the next update, I go and show you how, how about this, right? So for example, maybe I go and, uh, uh, you know, do another training run, but it's me passionately talking about something I'm deeply passionate about, this type of technology. And then it really captures me being passionate. And maybe if we then ask hey, now talk about the pyramids we still capture that me being super passionate with my body language but also the way that I say things and and that I move in the delivery right so that could be an interesting approach which I just thought of and when I'm home I'm gonna give it a shot I'll send you a, a, a test run and then we'll do the same one with the pyramids and you let me know how it is and then you got more feedback Right? You're like, well, yeah, okay, but, and then you give me this (laughs) feedback. But in the meantime, we're getting better and better and better. It's not there yet. And I'm not saying it is, but you see the vision. And that's all I'm saying. And I'm, I'm sharing this vision with the world right now of, okay, this is what we can do right now, very publicly. And this is, maybe we could get it all the way there, but maybe not, right? But
1: it's fun. So a while ago, I made a TV commercial it was this. Don't be an
0: artist,
2: screw it, be an artist.
1: I actually just used Storyblocks to make that commercial. Storyblocks is a secret weapon among editors because of its stock footage, music, and assets. Instead of buying each piece of stock individually, it's all bundled together in one subscription. Whether you want to use this asset of vintage TVs, great for video essays by the way, or there's professional stock footage of London. I mean, I live in LA and I sometimes really miss London and so I go on Storyblocks to just look up uh, shots of London because I actually really do miss that city. And all of that is included in your subscription. Everything you downloaded with Storyblocks is 100% royalty free with no restrictions on where you can distribute your finished products. You can put it on YouTube channel, you can put it in your short film, you can even put it in your prime commercial. It doesn't matter. Storyblocks lets you use their assets however you want. They even have motion graphic templates to make things like logo reveals and lower thirds incredibly easy. To get started with unlimited stock media downloads at one set price, click the link in the description. Coming back to this video though, you filmed uh, yourself doing those three minutes of performing and then you were able to make that video and then you are able to potentially generate multiple videos. It's the same background. It's the same, essentially, because it's unicorn for three minutes. We're going to get the same performances essentially over and over again. It's going to be very obvious if a hundred videos produced with that performance. Okay, that, yeah, clearly this is made by AI. Yeah, but it seems like to me that you don't want to be filming these anymore.
0: Let me take it a step back first. I I've made about five thousand videos in my career. All with the same background, <laughs> with the same camera sitting there, me, me playing games, right? So for me, this is a lovely use case. You know, I'm still telling the stories that I want to tell. I'm just telling them in a different way. Since I don't necessarily want to be forced to go and perform to be able to tell the story that I want to be telling, and, and this type of technology really empowers me to do this. My focus has now shifted towards the output getting better and better and better, which means that I need to go and figure out what are the algorithms and the AI systems that we're using and building that creates this output and let's improve on that. So this feedback that you're providing is extremely valuable because now we can go back, we can adjust the systems so that the next 10 videos we're going to be producing aren't the same as the last 10 and the performance isn't the same, but that you're actually seeing the growth of these systems. The beauty for us there is that once we hit this quality level, it's not going to get worse unless we really mess up. It's only going to get better and better and better. So more tips, more feedback. And then we integrate this into the software. We train the system in a way uh, that it just keeps on producing better videos.
2: You talked a little bit about your use case and the way that you've applied it to your own channel. What have you noticed as far as your own workflow with it um, from production to post-production and then also the audience response from like before AI and then after you started integrating it?
0: So for our own um, uh, fan base and channel, we haven't seen a noticeable uh, decline in statistics, Uh, for example, uh, subscriber numbers. Uh, We see some promising signs with average feed duration, but it's certainly not. On a level that I would say I'm proud of, views-wise and conversation-wise and engagement-wise, it is certainly way better. Sorry, way higher than it was before. You know, you, you can call it better or worse. I'll <laughs> leave that up to you. So for us, those are those are very interesting things to uh, to look at.
1: You're saying your content is getting like tons more engagement on it, and you think you did like sort of lightly question it. But I think I believe it's the fact that how can you confirm the viewership is actually, this is great content, or how can you confirm how much of it is genuinely morbid curiosity of like, why are you doing this?
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of morbid curiosity, which is like uh, uh, corrupting our, our data uh, uh, analysis. So what we decided to do is, that's why we decided to launch a bunch of uh, AI channels. Well, even before we, we went public with public AI, we launched a bunch of AI channels because then we got Uncontaminated data. And so far, what that data shows is that short form content were very capable of producing videos that reach close to a million views, which to us is a lovely sign of this technology having promise. Uh, Long form, we haven't been able to crack, right? So long form, I think the best video we, we had was 40,000, 45,000 views, which was, which was interesting. Uh, but that was more of like a, like a very specific, Uh, test we did to see like okay is this possible
1: one of the things you mentioned is like you're forced to perform and you don't want to perform but as a creator that kind of feels like if you're wanting to be a creator of course you do need to perform why do you want to remove that we all agree that
0: if you're a creator you need to be on camera and right or unless you're a faceless creator right and i thought okay well (laughs) can we get to the point where I don't have to, but I can still tell the stories that I want to tell. I had a burnout a few years back. and mainly was because like I had to be on in, in every single video. If I stopped, no one had work, they wouldn't be able to pay the bills and I had to, to quit the company and, and all those things. And so I slowly started taking holidays and weekends. But even then I was like, okay, well, you know, like the, the production stops when I'm on holiday, I have to pre record a bunch of stuff so it can go live when I'm on holiday. And if I don't upload, there's no, um, there's nothing going live. And uh, to me, the solution there was uh, synthetic AI avatars. And then you take it a step further and you do that with the production, the rest of the production too.
1: We understand burnout. We've talked about burnout a lot. I think we talk about I think the responsibility for a creator is massive. And so I do understand and empathize that feeling of like, this is an incredibly challenging job. It's a dream job. We all love... Doing this job, but good God, is it incredibly tough on on multiple days, and then like back to back, and then I agree having to batch shoot as well right before you go on vacation. Which kind of like you're then so exhausted while on the vacation on it anyway. And, and then the,
0: the the batches result in poorer recordings, and then the stats dip. So when you come back from holiday, you're like stressed because the channel's tanking because you're just putting out terrible content.
1: What happened with you is is that okay. Something needs to change. I, and I understand. I think one of the biggest challenges of a creator is like, I think it's the, the famous Colin and Samir image where it's like the problem with creator companies is it's an upside down pyramid. And if that person leaves, the entire pyramid collapses. Whereas I think most traditional businesses is the person who's kind of in charge of everything is supported. I understand the motivation behind wanting to try and fix this issue. I think though this sort of direction in trying to fix that issue is something that I take issue with. I'm not can't quite see why this is considered the solution and I cuz cuz what that means to me is it feels like you want to be a creator but you're doing it by not being a creator. It depends on what your definition
2: of a creator yeah. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So what would your definition of a creator be?
1: My definition of a
0: creator is um, someone who uh, Creates and expresses their creativity, right? If we're if we're going to be a little bit more specific, the creator we're talking about, or both of us are referencing to, is a social media creator, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, To me, a social media creator, or even more specific, a YouTube creator, isn't limited to the mainstream niche a lot of people refer to when they engage in this conversation uh, to me a creator can also be someone who makes cooking tutorials if you want to make a cooking tutorial if you have a good recipe provide the ai with the recipe it makes and shoots everything else for you and and the whole conversation about it's about personalities or, or it's about having this connection with this creator goes out of the window because no, it's a cooking tutorial if we start talking about the hyper-specific niche of mainstream content creation yeah i agree it's it's about connection and it's about that authenticity and the technology no capacity is there just yet as far as i'm aware Uh, and that might be a while or you'll never be able to reach it in the heart of europe lies hum the smallest city in the world with a population of just 30. It thrives on simplicity and community. So here we provided it with smallest city in the world. And then what it does is it writes a script, it does the voiceover like it did before. But in this version, this is a version two we're working on, we took a bunch of the feedback from people. We tried getting a 16 by nine aspect ratio and second of all, moving images in there. To put it into perspective, before it was one frame every four seconds and now it's 24 frames per second. So it needs to generate almost 100 times more images to generate this, which means we need a lot more compute to do it. And for that, you don't want to generate something and wait two hours. Um, so, so those were some of the challenges we faced. But yeah, so it generates uh, uh, the audio, generates a shot list, and it makes sure that the audio and the visuals they match. And then it syncs it up to a certain break. So uh, in this one, we also have our version two of our AI editor, which which is just rethinking editing. Like you need to relearn how to edit videos. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm I was in, I was. Pretty impressed with the results. Um, still, a lot of things to work on,
1: um, but yeah, that's that's how it does it. What is your technology and how that is done specifically? Like it, how, how are you able to s- create these images, these videos? How how is that all generated? Pretty much, what we do is we uh, we we have a,
0: a shot list, right? We uh, we have our AI generate a specific shot that it wants to see, and then it provides a a diffusion model, is what it's called. Uh, which we run on our servers. We provide it with this shawl. And based on that, it generates an image and then we animate the image uh, that's that's how it works
1: this is a service where it's like on your project v on discord and this is like the monthly subscription you get access to generating videos like this
0: yeah so we're not live in any way right we're we're doing a beta test yeah. you're 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 part of it you can generate as much as you want uh because for us it's like before we go and distribute this type of technology we want to make sure like we're in line with what what does everyone want to see let's make sure it's really good um and and we don't know like when we put with AI's first version out there, we had no idea anyone would go and talk about it and we had no idea it was going to blow up like this crazy, right? To us, that feedback was extremely valuable uh, to help us figure out what is it that people want to see Uh, and that's the same thing we're trying to do here and and that's my main goal of being here at this event to figure out like, okay, well, what is everyone thinking? Where does everyone want this technology to go and how can we actually uh, solve uh, real world problems that people have.
1: The reason why I'm kind of asking it in this way is that I'm kind of curious into what the technology that you guys are using on your back end in generating videos like this. Because for me, if I was to make this, I would go into ChatGPT and say, tell me a story about the smallest city in the world. Yeah, It would then give me that story. Then I would say, hey, ChatGPT, that's cool thank you, because I try to be polite with AI. I I would then go, now give me a shot list of this with prompts that I can then give to Mm mid-journey. And it would then give me all of that information. And then maybe I can then say, that's cool. Also give me these prompts that I can give to Runway, which is also another video generation AI. And then with this, I run that voice over into 11 labs. It can then give me that performance. And then essentially to a degree, because a lot of these things are generated by four to five seconds, throw that all in the timeline, throw in that 11 labs recording and then off we go. This video is clearly also using 11 labs. For me, in my perspective, it does look like we're using that runway sort of like sheen towards it. And so I'm also curious of like, what is it with the product you're giving it on your platform? How much of it is the technology that you have created rather than actually just the back end of it is just running it through all this AI technology that already yeah. exists
0: so so first of all, props to you you should become a machine learning AI engineer We were very much aware that we we're gonna distribute this type of technology and people were gonna try to reverse engineer it uh, good luck try it yeah like you oh,
1: have I've made I've, I've made videos exactly like this no already.
0: But yeah. I, I I mean yeah uh, and and uh, but uh, as far as we know, no one has automated the process. And, and that, that's the main challenge here. So we have all the, these, these modules and we have all these systems, but no one said, all right, fuck it. Let's link it all together and then make sure that it does something well. There are certainly a bunch of very interesting challenges there. Um, and then another one is
1: uh, uh, like the video editor, right? Hit me with that one. Well, I think the shots are incredibly basic. Mm-hmm. Uh, to an extent, um, for, I would imagine that is, okay, so the voiceover says this, we've been at this prompt, you've ch- Chat GPT, whatever AI tool says, hey, so this image goes with this point of the voiceover. And so it is a, essentially instructions. You don't particularly need an editor, like a, an actual video editor to be able to do that. I think that can be pretty much just generated right there and then as well. And so I think the actual the editing part of this is actually the easiest part.
0: As in what specifically?
1: A small city in a village, okay, that clearly implies a wide shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we're talking about the history of the town. Uh, here, is, here is the jesters, like recreating the history of the town. And then also, here's a mention the community. Uh, so, of course, it's very obvious for me, as an editor, let's cut to the shot of everyone coming together in that town circle. Yeah. That is very... It's it's just the literal your your B roll is literally literal. Mm-hmm. It's like that's a very very basic editing concept, and I I can very much imagine an AI identifying that and putting these shots in the appropriate places with the appropriate information. So
0: you're you're critical about the um the way this software is the the architecture is or whatever you want to call it. I'm just curious, what uh like do you think that's wrong in any any way? Let's
1: say you're completely right here. What it is is something like kind of relating back to the performance thing as well the video is incredibly mediocre. It's mm-hmm. fine. And there hasn't been enough for me to make, for me, for me to feel compelled of like, this is fucking great. This kind of just was a paint by numbers piece of content. And then for me, that, ev- that kind of felt like a, what I would describe as a nothing burger. Mm-hmm. I, that video exists. It's clearly made by AI. It was made in what feels like five to 10 minutes. I don't particularly feel the effort that it would take for let's just say for us as filmmakers potentially make that a lot more of an interesting way it just hit its limit in mediocrity and i went all right that's it let's get this online off we go and let's move on to the next thing
0: the the key part here to realize is that it is essential for us to go and make something like this put it out there in the world and then get people's feedback so if i may ask you if you look at this what would it take to get to the point where you'd say that's a masterpiece.
1: Maybe if we're filming this as a short film and we have written this, we found our locations, we have filmed this. I would still imagine this in the same way of like, okay, we did spend, ex- I'm, I'm, I'm meeting in the middle here. Let's just say it, we did spend $50,000, $100,000 making this narrative short film in the smallest city in the world. And then one of our SD cards corrupts we're fucked. However, potentially, could we then recreate some of our establishing shots, some of our wide shots, maybe use some of the data that we do have to create this? For me, this still looks like in the way this technology of like, could we potentially recover some footage we got lost or some shots we just happen to have not gotten?
0: Or or use it as a storyboard. Yeah. Right. So you could say like, all right, team, this is what we're going to be shooting today. That's also a possibility. Yeah. We, We heard that as a use case too, right? So I'm not trying to force the technology down a specific path. And I think that's the, uh, you know, that's a very important message here. Like, yeah, cool. Like, here it is. What do you guys think? Cool. And then we built the next one.
1: The one phrase I got out of that is storyboarding. That I agree with. Mm -hmm. This is a previs. This is a previsualization. Like, have you seen uh, the way that Marvel makes their movies now? They essentially animate the entire movie in computers. And then they go film it. And then they go (laughs) film it. And essentially, to an extent, this is the same way. If we're brainstorming, hey, we're filming this narrative short film. And hey, let's think of some shots that we can get. Can I one-up
0: you on that? Hit me. Let's say you're doing market research to figure out what is it that most people are interested in. You could generate 50 of these videos, throw them all online and see which one picks up traffic and then say, all right, well, out of all the videos, this one got the most organic growth and people were very engaged. And they said, yes, 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 please film that. And then you go and film it.
1: So that's also an example uh, that we heard. But we're talking about this in the essentially pre-production process mm. this is the pre- production process where we do this research we're able to generate a lot of information and test it on and do screeners see which gets the like the best emotional response but then we go make the movie whereas I think a lot of the things that you're branding this in is actually no this is the output mm. this is what we post and this is the thing that I made rather than it being the Support in visualizing what I want to create.
0: If that's what people want to do, they can do it. If if they want to use the tool for for other things, uh, that's also certainly a a, a a cool thing to do. For us, the uh, the question, you know, up to now for VidSummit was uh, really to figure out like, is this able to uh, be entertaining enough? Uh, but based on all the feedback we heard, maybe it's like, all right, maybe this should be an assistive tool for creators where they can amplify things. That's certainly a use case if we're going to develop that. I don't know exactly. We've got to discuss this with the team, of course. Uh, but it's certainly there's certainly a huge market for that. Uh, maybe I'm not going to be the one who develops it. Maybe someone else is going to develop it. But no, su- super interesting insights. And by the way, thank you for the uh, extremely valuable feedback here. A lot of people think it's uh, criticism and it's hard uh, to to receive it. But to us, it's like, no, this is what we want. If we didn't want people to share their thoughts and opinions, we would have never made it public. Like, Shit, maybe we-, we should
1: stop giving you ideas. No, no, <laughs> please,
0: please, please. That's, that's how these AI systems get better, right? They always say, yeah, we train on your data, but... Pretty much what it does is uh, the best data is feedback from humans, uh, RLHF. It's called Reinforcement Learning with Human Feedback. And that's what made ChatGPT really blow up, where all of a sudden you got a thumbs up, thumbs down button, and if something was really bad, you had a thumbs down, they reviewed it, they checked it out, and then they made it better and better and better.
1: With our social media landscape, a lot of our content is chosen to be popular by also the algorithm, which is another form of artificial intelligence. What this then means is that we have AI to an extent also knows what is considered an optimized video what is the best story that i can tell that it seemed that the other ai algorithm knows what is good content and that's something that we talk about a lot what what the algorithm considers good content whereas what i would say other people or most people would also consider good content and then those are then uh thrown away if it's not hitting the algorithm definition okay disagree
2: what they say is it's The audience's feedback and so they just have a bunch of metrics to measure audience feedback and by audience feedback that's how it decides to push it or not push it and so it's not just an algorithm it's an algorithm that is taking in data Mm -hmm. received from the audience and then yeah so exactly right so
0: all the algorithm is trying to do is figure out did people like this video and if so who liked it? What you know? What do they look like? What do they love doing? What did they watch before this? Oh, it turns out, okay, they, these, these people loved X video before this. Let's promote this video to more people who liked X because they're most likely to enjoy this, right? It certainly uh, it brings up some interesting questions on how these algorithms are going to now take AI-generated content and how are you going to serve that and distribute it?
1: The biggest argument I always give is, let's just say, I need to empty the dishwasher. I just pull on a 10-minute video of someone just doing a commentary on something because I need something kind of basic. And so I start emptying the dishwasher, the video plays, the video finishes. But I still haven't finished the dishwasher. I, I've forgotten I've that video is playing in the background. The algorithm doesn't know that I actually didn't give a shit about that video. I just wanted some white noise. Mm-hmm. But then later on throughout that day, I sit down and I go, actually, I, I, I intend to have a proper YouTube session. So I sit down and I watch someone else's video that looked really intriguing. And I watched the whole way through and I go, fuck yeah, that was awesome. I really, really resonated with that. An algorithm is going to consider both of those videos as good as each other. It has no way of genuinely knowing what was my actual emotional uh, conscious engagement in that video.
0: So that's an assumption, mm-hmm. right? Because we, we obviously don't know exact the exact details. But it's also it brings up an interesting engineering challenge for the Google engineers mm-hmm. to go and tackle. And I'm certain they're aware of this, right? But- What you can measure now is, okay, he's watched both the videos and the average view duration metric is the same. But what about all the other metrics, right? So did you like the video? Did you comment? Did you subscribe to the channel? Did you end up binging multiple other videos? That's an interesting metric to measure. Then another interesting metric to measure is, all right, now I serve you the part two of this video did you click on the commentary part two video? Probably not. But the other one that really moved you, you did click. So now knows, okay, this one is better over that one because people decided to watch longer. Another thing they can check is how quickly did you return back to YouTube to watch another video? And how did this uh, video impact your future behavior? So those are all the things that, as far as we know, they're aware of and that they're tracking, which really, they're just trying to, understand like what is it that they need to serve you now here's another interesting one if you look at all the patents that apple has filed it's a lot of eye tracking stuff Mm -hmm. and they got the apple vision pro coming out exactly
1: why they want that exactly
0: because now they know where your attention is is it on the dishwasher or is it on the video this data they can then use or they can then sell or provide to these platforms and now youtube knows where you're even looking at and what were you looking at throughout the video so so do you think that's crossing a privacy line i mean at the end of the day you prov- you give consent
1: <laughs> have you ever read the terms and conditions
0: yes <laughs> i don't believe you yeah you <laughs> just summarize it put it in chat gpt <laughs> and you can you good, can re- ask good rebuttal these things there, yeah. right for some of the uh, uh you know like software and tools we have to go sift through these absolutely boring documentations to make sure like are we allowed to use this are we allowed to build on top of that so yes if you're referring to the apple terms of service no way but when you boot it up, when you boot up an application, you go, yeah, share contacts, share this, share that, share phone numbers, eye track. Share eye tracking tra- yeah. is going to be one for sure. So now it, it, it knows everything. It's not just eye tracking. It's going to most likely there's going to be apps that transcribe everything, right? So they hear everything that's happening around you. Oh, cool. Well, Facebook just launched those glasses with uh, the camera in there all right, now we can even see everything that you're doing. And what does that do? Everything that you put inside of your body, we're tracking too. So it knows your diet. It doesn't need to measure your poop, right? Because
1: it knows... Someone's trying to write that (laughs) pattern.
0: That that would be great to solve uh, uh, a a lot of (laughs) other diseases. But that is uh, uh, like the ultimate form of data gathering. Well, the actual end of... Uh, uh, all would be uh, neural implants because now it's directly into your brain and now it's tapping into your thought process rather than just, you know, whatever is in the visual world. So who wants that? I mean, certainly the companies that are going to get make billions and billions and billions of dollars of it.
1: And that's the issue. We are just... Cattle put into a farm and just to get that information out of us, and they don't give a shit about us. They just want to find out how. What is the best way to monetize us? How can I get? How can I take as much from you? Yeah, and then thinly veil vale it with the fact that okay, transparently, I'm still going to get the the the, uh, the, the new eyeglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I like they interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they're interesting. Brainwashed, yeah. so I want to be the Hypocrisy, but I, but I, but it's in you're the, signing up for it too. But so. in the fact that I think it is. It's all designed for the benefit for them. And then they veil it in the sense of, hey, we're giving you this great technology. And so I think just the trade-off is like, they essentially get 80% of the benefit and then 20% they give me it's like hey that's the best fucking thing ever looping
0: this back to this whole ai conversation yeah, it's, it's, it's like okay this this technology is being developed right now you know as humans we have the ability to express our thoughts and our concerns and there's certainly people who will use it for things that won't better humanity but there are also things that could really uh, people could really benefit from